This is the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. Hey, thank you for tuning in the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. I'm your host as usual, Johnny Smith. Uh, my guest today has a very interesting story about a haunted house. We're returning to the paranormal. But before we get into that, let's get a proper introduction. Uh, she hails from the Wheeling, West Virginia area and is the events and promotion manager for Folklore Public Relations and assists with events while being the booking agent for Exit Zero Entertainment. With a psychology degree, she finds herself most often doing social work and community... At- mm. What is wrong with me today? Community... Advocacy. We're going to keep that in because I'm trying to relate to the audience. I'm human. I make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and not working on events and other various projects. Welcome, Cringe Joy. <laughs> hey, thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry I botched that up so much. How are you today? It's fine. I'm well. I'm doing well. That's good. So um, before we get, you know, get into the funk, mm-hmm. uh, tell me a little bit more about folklore because I don't know much about that. Um, that's kind of a newer um, addition to uh, my life with my involvement in it. Um, however, they've only been around for about a year or so. Um, but it is a public relations um, organization, but they cater more towards small businesses and the social sector. So trying to make public relations, whether that is um, commercials or social media management or events it's trying to make it a little bit more available uh to folks that might not be able to afford it with a bigger agency okay now what what role do you come in where do you come in involved in that well because it is events and promotion i mean there really isn't too many events going on Mm -hmm. um However, depending on the client and what they would need, I mean, that could be doing fundraisers. That could be, you know, I mean, I I did work on a telethon that we did for an animal rescue. Oh. Um, and I kind of got to be a production assistant a little bit while we were filming, and that was really cool. Um, what's nice is that, I mean, everybody has their particular um, expertise, so to speak. Mm-hmm. However, because there's only seven people in, like, the organization or, you know, like seven or eight of us. So it's pretty small. But we can always dip in and help out with other things. Um, And it's necessary a lot of the time anyway. You guys sound like the planeteers. You're each coming in with your rings and forming folklore. Yes, and I'm sure that they would absolutely love that analogy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, Now, I don't know how long Exit Zero Entertainment has been around. But I met you um, about two years ago. Yeah. Um, you booked yeah. me for a show that you, sight unseen. You know, thank you for that opportunity again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in the backyard. Yep. It was pretty cool. It rained, uh, but it was a wild time. It still turned out really well, and I was really nervous. It and did. We had like eight people on that ticket. Yeah. Yeah. There was quite a few eight. of us. And an intermission, but it still worked out. And an, and an encore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Hey, can you guys go back up and do more time? They really enjoyed it. And then they just start like throwing money at me. Like, can you just like give? Um, then I'm. I feel like I'm just. I'm like silently giving people money again, <laughs> and then having them do. I don't know. It was great. But and we all said, we all said, looked at our books. And said, yeah, I guess I can go back up. Like, here's the B stuff, guys. Yeah. I think I screamed at a lady who kept saying, "Aw," like. Like, every time I told a joke, she would say, ah, and I just, at one point, just started losing my mind on her. She felt bad for you. Yeah, like, lady, I'm telling jokes. Fucking laugh or shut the fuck up. Um, but was were you part of Exit Zero Entertainment during that time? Um, that had just started. Um, Exit Zero existed, and then I had um, asked them if they wanted to be part of booking Olivia Grace because mm-hmm. I had a contact that connected me with her. And she was going to be able to stop in Wheeling. Shout and out had, to Olivia. Very funny comic. Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, she had, you know, I got connected with her. And uh, Jermaine and Ron had already been working in things with Exit Zero. And I knew them. And so I was like, I would like to put Exit Zero on this because 
I know it would help build their brand, and I really liked what they were doing. Um, and then shortly after that, it kind of just evolved into me being uh, more part of the team and helping with the events and cultivating shows and booking. Now, for those who don't know or or didn't listen, um, another part of uh, Exit Zero Entertainment, Jermaine Lucius, mm-hmm. was on episode 17, I believe it was, or 27, one of those two, Veteran Suicide. Because um, he's he's a veteran as well, right. and he talked about Exit Zero, so go check that out, guys. Very cool dude, very interesting, and very very diverse. Um, like his yep. background, it uh, he's German. like German. He's yeah. he's like a black German dude, and it's <laughs> weird. And like you expect so much. I remember the first time I saw Jermaine, I just thought he was security mm. at, at Max Club. Oh yeah, and I was like, "Well, he kind of posts up like that." A yeah, he bit. posts up, and he and he gives yeah. off this real tough look. And you go talk to him, and he's like, "Oh, hey, how are you doing?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What? Where did that voice come from?" You know, <laughs> he's so soft spoken. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So you developed that, and now you just book the the talent for events and whatnot. Yeah, and because I mean, Exit Zero, like uh, I mean, there's three of us, and mm-hmm. so it's just we all end up working on it together and then or it's like can you call this venue and check on this or i might have an in somewhere and then try to weasel our way in to let me do a underground comedy show that's that's a good way to describe a comedy show too weaseling our way in (laughs) it's like yeah i'm pretty sneaky it's like oh hey did you say you need more entertainment here well i do know someone and it's actually me so um (laughs) but (laughs) now yeah I didn't know you had a psychology degree either. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Wheeling Jesuit University, which is not Wheeling Jesuit anymore, but it's just Wheeling University. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) What did you, uh, that's what you used it for with social work? Um, That's just kind of what I, I always was into doing uh, different service trips that the school offered and was really into um, social justice. And I've done a lot of protests and other things. and then that's just kind of where I kept ending back up. I mean, I also worked for an insurance company doing, like, disability claims. I also did mental health intake with them. But I've also done, a, like, preschool. Um, right now I work with families and their kids. And I actually did just get um, a job that starts in a couple of weeks, which is working with the Greater Wheeling Homeless Coalition. Okay. And I'll be doing housing case management. So a lot of that is d- – Trying to not just place someone in a home temporarily, but having it set up that it's affordable, that they have a job that will afford that place to permanently end homelessness with that person. So oh, I'm pretty excited for for getting that. So that's like my full time things I do, and then all the other stuff on the on the side. So you said you've done a lot of protests. I just want to say yeah. you've heard it here first, folks. Cringejoy was at the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I absolutely. That's like she sees the capital. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Now, initially, uh, we you reached out because you grew up in a haunted house. You say? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Can you set the background of like location, growing up, such and so forth? Okay. Um, it was a house, and it the house I had been in until I was 18 and went to college. So it's not like we even moved around. So I've had extensive experience living okay. in the house. Um, and it is in 84 PA, um, which is, I mean, like outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, between that and Little Washington. So, um, and just a small ranch house and i don't really remember too much of things happening whenever i was really little mm-hmm. but it was as i started to get older that i um vividly remember some things however i was always told that i was talking to people and stuff in my room and then i would say like oh well that's like i would say like that's my pap or whatever that's like my grandfather which had passed away since mm-hmm. you know but i was always talking to like dead relatives supposedly but i didn't you know i couldn't really have known much about what i you know okay anything at the time well first i'm going to say it's not that i don't think they're credible but i prefer stories from people who like adolescents a little older 
teenagers, mm-hmm. adults, because when, when you're telling a story about something you remember as a child, yeah, you have a child's perspective. So right. things can be extremely distorted. Right, right. Um, that, it's interesting, though, you, they say you would speak to Pap and, and But I don't else. really remember too much of those things. It was whenever I was older. And then even as an adult coming back to the house, like on breaks and stuff, it's just the eerie feelings okay, uh, so when, that existed. When did you first uh, experience something? About what age? I think it was probably around 13 or 14 was when I first noticed a particular thing. Okay. Um, I mean, pictures did just fall off the wall, um, but it's not like the nail fell out. It's not that something ripped off the back of the – it just, like, would fall off the wall. Okay. Um, and that happened in this hallway. We had a, um addition put onto the house. It was a long – ranch house and that's just important because that hallway is like where it bridged the old and the new okay Um, that's where a lot of things happened and it was right outside my room of course that's interesting and Um, i feel like there should be a metaphor in there somewhere that i just can't put together it probably is um so there was definitely this presence of a little child um and sometimes in the hallway, I would feel something behind me, and I would turn around, and there would be this little watery figure for just a split second. Now, when you say a watery figure, yeah, um, about what size? I guess I got a few questions about this. Mm, I don't know. Probably a little bit. Well, about. Looked like a two-year-old. Okay. So about the size of a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And when you say watery figure, is that like describing the color? It's – no. It was just – it was like if you're looking through this like bottle of water. Okay. And like how it like – I mean just – it was watery. It wasn't mm-hmm. smoky. It was more watery. Um, I don't – So you'd see this boy and behind you. And you could see for... the outline. Oh, you wow. You could tell it was a little boy. Okay. Um, and I didn't know really anything in the time on what that was, but sometimes I would just feel something run up on me or a couple times like I heard something running in the hallway. And I thought we had two big dogs, so maybe it was that. Um, but I found out later okay. with that when I had um, started to tell my parents and stuff about it, they had bought that house and it had been – um, foreclosed or something, or I don't know. Um, but the family prior to that had a little boy that um, passed away, and he was two. Do you know what he passed away of? Um, I think it was cancer. Oh, that's like leukemia or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but it wasn't so, a pain like a like a violent death. No, and okay. he wasn't that kind of presence either. Oh, he was. He just, was like just hanging out, just a little mischievous little boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just yeah, he just yeah wasn't. It wasn't it, – it kind of made me anxious, however, just because it was strange. Yes. But I didn't feel any threat Okay, but with that one. I was going to say <laughs> that leads me to believe that there's more and yeah. they weren't as nice. Yes. Well, let me have it. Okay. Um, well, there – well, after the little boy, that kind of happened for a while. Um, there was another nice one that I'm pretty sure was – my grandfather that had passed away whenever I was an infant. So mm-hmm. um, the whenever I really started to see things like – which it would come in spurts where I'd see stuff all the time and then sometimes just nothing. So it was strange. Let me stop you for a second, Corinne. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to like a medium or, or I some did type go, of psychic? I did. Um, I did once. Any, any results? Um – she did say something like about me seeing things before okay. and she was like you've extensively seen things and you know but i'm i am like even though i'm talking about this right now this is stuff that i've really seen and it even like gives me like goosebumps even talking about it but i'm really analytical and i'm really skeptical of things okay. you know yeah, so no, like with mediums be. i'm like i don't know you, you gotta be know. um i've had a medium on here i hope to have some more in the future mm-hmm. and no disrespect to their crap but i have yeah. to be skeptical right you know right um 
and I hope they all ha- have all the success in the world. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's fascinating. That's why I want to talk to them. Um, if you're a medium or you know one or a psychic or anything like that, palm reader, uh, reach out to the podcast. I want to get you on. I want to talk to you. Um, but you said there were times where you saw a bunch of stuff, then there were times where it lulled. Right. It's almost like something, so to speak, opened the gates to the other side, and then there was just a bunch at, like, one time. Boom portal. But then I just was like, all right, guys, like, this is just not cool. Like, well, you, you know what happened <laughs> is they uh, they shut off the containment unit. Probably. the Ghostbusters, and when everything got out, you know, New York's not that far from Pennsylvania. That's true. If you're going to travel. That's you know, true. They travel in packs. <laughs> Fucking pack, huh? How about him? That makes sense. I mean, <laughs> now that I think about, like, the year, well, I don't know. Well, might, let me ask you this. Accurate. Um, When there was more things that started happening, Mm -hmm. uh, almost as the portal opened, were you in any type of emotionally vulnerable situation? I was Was a teenager. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that in itself. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of um, unrest and hormones and just awful, you know. I I Um, know they say when you're in, like, high-stress situations that it's easier to get contacted by those types I of do, things? I do feel more of like looming present, like presences um, if I'm in a certain headspace. Okay. Usually like a negative one um, or just having a difficult time or um, I've just noticed that feeling. And during that time, I mean, another time walking down the, the hallway, um, I stopped to turn around and grab something, and an arm shot out, plain as day, against the wall, um, almost like bracing itself so it doesn't like run into me. Mm-hmm. But had a wedding ring on, was a pretty fuzzy arm, um, like a like a man's arm. Definitely a man, <laughs> a fuzzy lady's arm. Yeah. Hey, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean whatever. Um, and then the shirt uh, looked. It had like kind of like an elastic. It wasn't really an elastic band, but it was like tight here and then it had two blue stripes and then a white stripe and i uh described it to my mom and she just got like real upset and like seemed like she was mad at me and i didn't know what she was talking about but um she showed me a picture and it was like a shirt that my grandfather wore all the time oh and there was no pictures of that like the only pictures up with him were like ones from weddings or you know the church directory pictures this is when Um, he run the rollerball derby yeah so i don't know like yeah i mean i didn't to my knowledge have access to know what that would look like all right Um, i can't just skip over this so it was just an arm it was just an arm it it looked like it was attached to something i mean i should say that also it wasn't just (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) just some flying arm no that's what i thought at first just a flying arm no it absolutely looked like it was a te- like i saw it all the way up to here just out of the corner of my eye when i turned my head so it was like someone was behind me it wasn't oh, okay. just like so it wasn't just an arm just a detached it was a full arm being... apparition but you only saw i only saw that yeah to the arm yeah. okay and i could tell like the height too i was thinking of uh what's mm-hmm. that what's that hand that goes around on the adams family or whatever <laughs> just... um thing yeah thing mm-hmm. you yeah. know um man i saw a picture today on instagram of a, a model missing an arm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, when you said that, I thought immediately, I was like, oh, that's the oh, ghost that's of someone's arm. You know? That's like, where her, that's, her arm went. That's where limbs it's go when, when they it... die. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a reasonable deduction. I yeah. think. <laughs> so that presence, um, I imagine scary, but at the same time, not, not no. hurtful. No. It was fine. Strange, but... And then uh, shortly after that, it was within a week, I opened the refrigerator, and um, this key, like, fell down like it was sitting on top, mm-hmm. and it it had, like, this old plastic keychain on it that looked like maybe it was some promotional thing for a business, but it was, like, all rubbed off. Okay. Um, and then it was a pretty big key. And then I gave it to my dad, and then he was like, where did you get this? And then he showed my mom, and supposedly it was a key to his shed. To your father's to, shed? To to my mom's father, like my grandfather's okay. shed. Like, like, so the same dude that I think I saw in the hallway. Yeah. That just was there. 
And we're really not sure how that got there because um, he hadn't been alive for 15 years at this point. Um, And they haven't even been in that house because my grandma moved to Florida. And so it didn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, we probably should go to the shed. Yeah, did you go to the shed? No, because. Oh, man. (laughs) I tried to figure out where the house was and stuff, and then they, like, wouldn't tell me then because they were worried about me getting in trouble for trespassing. (laughs) Now I want to know what's really in the shed. That house is in Bethel Park. Okay. We're not that far from there. Yeah, I'll have to figure out. I'm breaking into a shed later on, folks. (laughs) Catch me on the news. Hey, this is a good time uh, right now to let you know this episode of Inquisitive Minds Podcast is sponsored by Tenacious Detail. Your mobile detail solutions for the Pittsburgh and surrounding area. I know it's cold out. No one wants to go out, wait in the lobby, all that jazz. That's why we come to you. Have your car uh, detailed at the convenience of your home or office. Uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash tenaciousdetailpgh or give us a call to schedule an appointment at 724-498-9942. So after uh, you saw this and the key happened, where did something come in that was more scary, that was more um, fearful? That was also when I was in the hallway, but it was down into the part of the addition. So I you can ask, see all though, the way down up. How long is this hallway? Because it sounds very, like a world's happening in there. I don't know. 15 feet, maybe. Okay. Between 10 and 15 feet. So it's not... There were... Like the my parents' master bedroom was at the end mm-hmm. of the hallway, and then on like the sides of the hallway or whatever that was like my brother and my rooms. okay, um, and he was right across the hall from me. Okay, um, okay. But it my perception of the hallway, however, may be inaccurate. Like it felt long to me because there was so much weird shit that happened yeah, with it. Yeah. Um, and whenever I'd see something, it would feel like I would almost like zone out a little bit. So, I mean, it really could be shorter, honestly, now that I think about it. But it's just that was such a weird spot in that house. Um, there wasn't too many other places that I saw anything other than whenever we found that key that was in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. I interrupted yeah, weird. you oh, no, about the uh, – the malicious presence. Yeah. Um, that one, there were more pictures that kind of fell off the wall or a, um, a uh, picture that broke um, while it was still on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like the, the glass cracked and it was. Oh, and it was hanging. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it was, it just cracked. Um, and it was somewhere where it doesn't get knocked down. It doesn't, it wasn't knocked down. What was it a picture it of? Um, uh, it was like my parents' like wedding picture. Actually. See, that's the thing. I like to try um, they and find shortly the did intentions. Get, yeah, well, I mean, things weren't really going well, and they've been divorced now and remarried for a really long time. So, I mean, maybe it was like just letting everybody know, like, hey, we know <laughs> something's up. Shit's gonna go south, y'all. Yeah, like, stop kidding yourselves. <laughs> um, so. Yes, the more malicious presence was a dark, shadowy kind of figure, like a cloud. Um, And that was definitely looked like a woman, um, but kind of like 1800s-ish, like corset and then like a a A-line dress with like, you know, I mean, the puffy kind of. Yeah. um, And then a hat. That was tilted to the side. Like, I could see that. So she had some swag to her. Yeah. Um, And then she was holding um, hands with what looked like a little boy. One second. I'm trying to connect with the young audience. Um, She had some drip. Um, Go ahead. (laughs) Maybe that's why she's mad. She probably should have seen a doctor. (laughs) I don't know if kids these days know what the drip is either. Um, Because saying drip is, like, just so strange to me. I'm like, why would you describe anything like that? It's not odd. <laughs> She's got the drip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
Yeah, but she was holding the hands of, like, she was holding the hand of, like, a little boy, and they're both, like, standing there staring at me. And he looked like he had, like, little knickers on, I guess, with, like, the socks that come up to the knee. Mm-hmm. And I could, I mean, I could see it, just the outline so well that that freaked me out. Um, and that was the first time that I didn't just feel, like, uneasy because it was weird. Mm-hmm. I felt freaked out and didn't want to go was there, into the room. Did they do anything, say anything, movement at all, or was it just you saw it and then they're gone? Yeah, but they lasted for almost a second, um, which a lot of it was like a fraction of a second, but that was— a se- It can last a lifetime. It was just weird that I saw—you know, they lasted a little bit longer. And actually, like, I'm getting, like, a lot of feedback on my— <laughs> oh, from the headphones? Yeah, it's like it was like this crackly kind of noise. But now I'm like freaked out. See, that's what it is. The ghosts, they uh Yeah, okay. They, they so anyway, talking shit, so they're messing with on. the equipment. No, but well, listen, whenever I talk about I'm just gonna wait until there's like other weird shit that happens because whenever I bring this stuff up and talk about it, like there's something weird. Hold on. So but so I'm I try- I'm filming right now and we're having we're talking about ghosts and we're having troubles with the equipment. Did I just become the new Zach Baggins? Oh my god! Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Quinn. <laughs> um, hey, you motherfucking ghosts, come get me! Shut up! Shut up, dude! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was strange. Okay. Um, and then after that, I really wasn't around the house as much anymore because I went to college. But then whenever I came back, it was just there was. A really uneasy feeling. Well, tell me about the um, shadowy figure you saw. Yeah, yeah, that was the like the lady with the kid, oh, and okay. it was like a, looked like like a black cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, but the outline was really okay. pronounced. But yeah, that was the one that like really freaked me out. And then that's also around the time when um, more pictures kind of fell off the wall. Um, and the hallway was lined with them, so they I, would just be on the floor. I always wonder about it, the story of people, you know, like like that yeah. that figure. Like, what was her deal? Especially if she came off like so negative, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That was the only one that made me really kind of like freaked out. Okay. You know? um, well, but there wasn't. Um, I mean. There were a couple times where I felt like just it was in the hallway again and it was around that time where I just kind of felt like this existential dread feeling just Mm -hmm. come over me out of nowhere and just felt not right and instantly nauseous, instantly um, like feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. And I mean, I haven't quite experienced that feeling um again as strong okay as in that house hmm. now, like it the... felt like it just like something like went through me and made me feel that way and then i felt uneasy and didn't just didn't feel well for like the rest of the day that's wild um right. now at the time were you telling people about this when you were experiencing this i didn't too much actually um a couple of my friends and then some things with um my mom, okay. I had mentioned. Um, my brother was five years younger than me at the time, and I never really is wanted he, to is freak he him out. Now, no longer five years younger than you. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's still actually five years younger than me, which is crazy how it works out like that. Um, <laughs> but yes. So, well. I think what I maybe was trying to say at the time, I didn't <laughs> want to. Now I'm like, why did I say that? I'm just I don't giving even you a hard time. I'm just busting your balls. Um, I didn't want to scare him. Okay. Like now, you know, I don't give a shit if I scare him as much. <laughs> but, um, but at the time, it was, you know, I mean, he's if it's 10, 11, you, 12. Yeah, why did you want to scare him? I didn't. You know, you know. I didn't. I Yeah. Um. So, and I didn't really understood, like, I I didn't understand what I was seeing. And, I mean, my mom and I had kind of, like, mentioned that there's some weird Mm -hmm. stuff, you know. Um, And my dad even knew that, too. Um, 
and he would tell me years later, but also years later, whenever uh, my parents weren't in that house anymore, um, and I was looking at the market, and I noticed that it was for sale. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to my brother, I know that there's a lot of issues with it and structurally and all that stuff. Um, I say something to my brother. Now, mind you, I have not spoken to him about any of these things. And he's like, Cran, you can't get that house. Like, you you can't get that house. I'm like, why? And I'm like, well, I mean, and he's like, no, just a lot of bad things happen there. I'm like, well, what do you, you know? And he said, no, it's like haunted. Like, there's spirits there that mm. like aren't okay. And I'm like, wait a second. What do you mean? And then we talked about like he also saw stuff with the pictures he also thought about the little he's like well the little boy and then he also um brought up that there wasn't something right about the addition to the house and you know a lot of the experiences were strangely similar but there was a lot of stuff i didn't even i mean i had told some of my friends but i didn't even like tell my mom or my dad like some of it that's got to be um a bittersweet feeling like you get confirmation yeah and then i'm like oh damn but then you got confirmation right so it's like ooh, it's i'm not crazy but oh shit it's real yeah you know Mm -hmm. so did you learn anything about the house was there any trouble after you guys moved out um i did keep um up on it and it has been sold in a short period of time more times than i think would be normal like, mm-hmm. I think there's been three or four different owners since they moved out, and it's been, like, 15 years. Okay. But I feel like that's probably not really typical. Um, it's probably more. I mean, every time I've, like, looked at it, I mean, I don't know. There's been a l- more um, owners than I would think. Just no one seems to, to stay in there? Yeah. Okay. Um, anything about the land? Do you know anything about the land at all? I don't other than, like, I mean, even around there, it's still not, like, crazily developed. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of woods and things. It was um, – we had a neighbor that was kind of – they had a longer driveway, and it was behind our backyard. Okay. Uh, but we didn't – There, it's not really in a neighborhood or anything, so the house is kind of, like, isolated. So I who think knows it was built in the happened. 60s. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, it's, it's always wild stuff. I grew up in a, a haunted house myself, mm-hmm. um, and I don't talk about it much, but it's just interesting, and I used to discuss it with my mother, and it would scare her, and then she would have something happen. So it's very weird. And then we had uh, interactive uh, entities, I guess, but there was also ones that were, like, on the loop, mm. like th- that were just there. Like, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know, stuck or whatever it is. But that was always weird because I would walk by. It was it was only in one room. It was in the dining room. And I would walk by. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And there was this fucking man in a trench coat and, like, an old hat. And he would just walk across the room. But he would walk halfway across, turn, and I feel like he would look at me, but he was just looking in that direction. Yeah, like almost through you. Yeah, for mm-hmm. a few moments, and then keep walking. Like, I saw that hundreds of times, but I was the only one in the house that did, and it scared the dog shit out of me. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my mom uh, saw a little girl uh, a couple times in the hallway, and, like, she would speak to her. Mom would respond and then try and go out in the hallway, thinking it was one of us, and, like, we wouldn't be home or so wild stuff. Um, have you dealt with anything or have you experienced anything uh, since then? Just in general as far um, as paranormal. No. At one point I thought maybe I did. <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> it was um, – I thought – well, I still think I heard something like run up the stairs to the attic. But <laughs> um, he knows because he was there. Um, okay. He helped me figure it out. Um, but the the door would just, like, shake and stuff. And it goes up these steep stairs, and it's, like, half finished and could be, like, kind of a cool room. But I don't really use it for anything because the heat or air conditioning doesn't really get up there very well. Um, but there were just these sounds, and I was, like, so freaked out about it that I put a door stop on the door. I'm like, you 
motherfuckers aren't going to – you're not going to open this at all. Like, you're not coming down here. And I'm like, listen, whatever is going on, I just don't want any part of it. If you need to hang out here, just leave me alone. I have anxiety. Can we not, Mm -hmm. you know, ask them to go away in the way that I would? (laughs) Um, But then I did find out that the – window up there was like completely open and the screen was like off so who knows i mean nothing can crawl in there but i mean there could i don't know i'm no, surprised what, what, there wasn't no, bats and no stuff. what do you mean nothing can crawl in there nothing could because it's so high up and it's not by any trees or anything like no like no raccoons no anything with the siding there's no way you know raccoons are quite ingenious no there's what? like I I don't know. That the thing is, it wouldn't even need to be, be by near a tree. He could set up a little zip line. Like, I guess that's true. And just, they yeah. do have thumbs. Yeah, they got, boom, 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 boom. Planning. This is what they're doing. They're planning with their thumbs the whole time. That's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's funny you mentioned that. We actually but had yeah, raccoons in our attic. I was, like, freaked out because just because I didn't understand what this – but I didn't – it still wasn't the same as those feelings I had in my childhood house. Like, it wasn't. I was freaked out, but it wasn't, like – my all my senses weren't on, like, high alert. Now, you know, since you've uh, experienced stuff like that, has that led you to explore um, anything else, like getting more info or anything like that on things on the paranormal side? Has that piqued an interest for you? Um – I mean, I do I for a while, yes, but honestly, it really makes me feel almost like then I'm going to start seeing things again if I read into things too much. Ah. <laughs> like I I feel like I'm like opening the gates or something and I'm like I just don't want to deal. With no, that you never know, that you could know? be true. Um and I get I do get there's certain things that scare me, but I mean, I done all kinds of different things that you think might be like horrifying like you know i mean um just as far as like skydiving i'm a certified firefighter in west virginia i don't really do it that much anymore i didn't know that yeah um but i mean that there's scary things with that and things that might be actually horrifying (laughs) yes um but and i can deal with those things but i cannot deal with like ghosts and stuff and even like ghost movies like i'm curious about like what the plot is and what happens but sometimes i'll just sit there and look up the entire synopsis and be like i'm good i want to know why my guests always try and hold out on me with interesting tidbits about themselves so um skydiving something i want to do this year when did you do do it it. how was it let me know Um, what you thought it's been a while maybe like seven eight years maybe um i loved it and i really don't like heights and i don't like roller coasters but there's a difference with this is because um you don't feel like you're falling whenever you uh when you jump really Mm -mm. it feels like you're floating and it's windy but you don't get that like that stomach yeah you don't it's it's strange hmm no, the landing. How's that? Does that hurt your legs at all? Um, no. Well, usually if you go with a company, um, I don't know too many that won't make you go tandem mm-hmm. um, with like one of their certified instructors. So they normally will um, go one, two, three whenever it's like close, and then you like lift your legs up, mm. and then you both like scoot in on your butt because there's no way to um, like coordinate. Especially with somebody that's not used to skydiving okay. and, and things. So with two people, it's just easier to – so you don't break your legs is why they told me that they do it that way. Yeah, that's a blast, man. That sounds yeah. so much fun. Yeah. I uh, I rode the The plane ride up is scary. Okay. It was I've... scarier than jumping, honestly. Now, uh, why is that? Because it's like a tin can with wings and there's like no seats and then you just kind of like – you kind of just sit on your knees, and then you're just kind of, like, strapped into the little literal floor of the plane. Mm. And it's, like, shaky, and there's okay. only a few people that can be in it. And Reminds me of, like, a movie where they get the, the drunk pilot who's reliable and can fly his ass off, but he's got a hunk of junk. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's like that. I mean, yeah. This yeah. is Wings McGee. Yep. He was the best pilot in 1982. Um yeah, firefighter. I never knew that about you, first off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how long did you do that? 
Um, it was whenever I was living in Wheeling at the first time. So I don't know. It might have been like three years. Okay. Um, I don't live close enough to the fire station now to be able to really make calls. Mm-hmm. And, and I really don't have the time to fully commit to it. Um, but yeah, it was. How really does, cool. how does one get into that? I just like knew people that were doing it and I was hanging around the station mm-hmm. um, and it was volunteer. Um, okay. So and then they just asked if I'd want to do it. And they're like, you're here all the time anyway. So I um, just started to get my <laughs> my stuff, you know, that I needed. And, and you were they went in? through the courses and everything. I have um, my firefighter one um, certification. So basically um that means, like, I could go into um, a burning structure. However, like, someone would have to be with me. Um, with the second one, you can, like, do more things. So you could, like, go in without someone or whatever, which I we normally didn't do because it's not safe necessarily. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's different things that firefighter twos can do, but I didn't really care to do that. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm good with just, like, the one, and typically you stay outside the structure and things like that. Hosing off, and yeah, um, which we, um, I experienced more ambulance stuff than firefighting. Mm-hmm. There was, there was, there's a lot more calls, and then there's also, um, like part of their area was a uh, where Cabela's is okay. at the Highlands up there that you'd pass like on your way down here. Um, that was the highway I was arrested on. Well, that highway is just awful. 70. Yeah. It's just awful. Um, and it's, like, shout super to, dangerous right shout there. Shout out to Trooper Morasco, you piece of shit. You can still go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we would answer calls for, like, burning fajitas at Applebee's and stuff like that, too. Well, you know? Because, like, you have to. What, like, is that? what do you mean, burning fajitas? It, well, it's just it when the fire alarms go off at one of the businesses up there, like, oh. you need to respond. Oh, so literally a plate Literally, sizzle. it happened with the fajitas, like Applebee's all the time. It's like they took the thing and then put it up next to it and be like, yeah, let's get these dudes up here. <laughs> they don't have anything else to do. Like, we'll just, yeah, put the steaming hot, you know, peppers and stuff next to the. Okay. Uh, I have a question um, because, like, all I know about firefighters. But yeah, it was more, there was more accident scenes that I saw, though, and, like, health emergencies. All I know about firefighters is, like, what you see in the movies and shit. Um, I know a couple, but I don't speak to them about, like, firefighting. Yeah. So let me just uh, get you uh, to give me a rundown of a quick uh, basic scenario. How does the protocol go? So you get a call. There's a fire. Yeah. Um, Well, you usually, because it's volunteer, um, a lot of times that's different. You're not necessarily at the Mm – you have a radio. And then there will be tones that drop. So each station, like, each – area has different tones so it's like you know what the sound is okay and then over the dispatch it'll say like structure fire calling you know whatever units and things and or if it's a um now, since accident it's volunteer or, do you have your uh i guess for lack of a better word outfit with you or is it still as a station usually i kept mine at the station um the uh well like my gear it which didn't fit me very well <laughs> Um, the ladies auxiliary were wonderful and hemmed the pants for me, but the crotch was like down by my knees. So like we got a new uh, ladder truck, which was awesome. And we were doing training with it. And I went to grab the nozzle and then like jumped off of the truck. But like, I'm trying to run. So it's like, I'm scurrying with this. And then, um, I'm also wearing a, um, which the lightest, um, oxygen tanks we had were like 30 pounds. So that's still like a lot whenever you're trying to move quickly but then well, you're you're, only bi- your knees are like yeah and you're not a big lady at all no. so that's a significant uh portion of your body weight too right yeah so it just yeah i just went you know but i did tuck and roll and save the nozzle we were worried about that. but um <laughs> yeah but my bunker gear like didn't fit very well so it was like interesting me trying to maneuver and stuff um but i did have my jumpsuit with me that normally if i was in the ambulance that i would okay um now when you guys would get to a fire Mm-hmm. I, I know it has to be fast and, you know, you guys assess things, but how does that work? Like, because I know different fires need different things. 
I mean, usually I would just listen to like our chief and stuff or whoever the senior member was there, like on what to do if there was anything. But I mean, it was there were like I saw like a barn fire and then I saw a trailer. Um, I didn't see nearly as much because I still lived like in an area where it was hard to make the first or second truck. Okay. So it's like, um, let's see. But yeah, I mean, find your water source. Um, and, you know, they all just kind of were so good at just connecting everything really quickly. And mm-hmm. I mean, you just want to make sure that there's no one in there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and make sure it doesn't spread to anything else. So that's just kind of like trying to contain it. And then, but sometimes it was like smaller. Sometimes it was like a raging because some of the older, um, trailers, Mm -hmm. like, uh, prior to like a certain year, they're just wood everywhere. They give me anxiety even seeing people live in them just because they go up very quickly like i've I've torn down trailers uh for a trailer park in washington county area Mm -hmm. uh years ago but i tore down about 15 of them and uh only the frame is metal like the actual trailer they sit Mm -hmm. on everything else is wood and plastic and whatnot like so i can see them just going up there's yeah they uh, yeah but i mean now they're way better structurally sound and built but they would pretty much go up like you're lucky if you can get out of something like that um tell me more about your ambulance trips um well those are pretty awful um (laughs) not in in that manner um, i just want to know like uh were you trained in um i only i had like cpr and um first aid and then as long as like you um you're with, like, an EMT and, like, a paramedic and stuff. I mean, you can assist on things. Or it's, like, I might be on scene and help them load, um, like, help pull people out of vehicles. Okay. Um, stuff like that. And then, you know, I've been in the back of the ambulance a few times. Um, maybe more than a few. But. Uh, just just yeah. for fun, then. Any cat calls? Or what? calls about cats? Not I was like, like I was like, well, not, not like woohoo! Look at that fire, you person. No, <laughs> any calls about cats in the trees? Um, not that I, not that I recall. Okay, um, there's been. Now, Corinne, there's I always been like some to weird things, I always like but... to ask people um, to give the listeners some advice. But what I'm going to ask you about today, because you're in entertainment. Mm. You're in social work, social yeah. justice. Um, you've been a firefighter, varying things, and you seem to have found success um, at many of them. What advice would you give to people trying to pursue either a, an entertainment or a promotional um, job? Um, I'd say get involved with whatever you can and um, try to, you know, meet people that are kind of doing the same thing um, and that want to build Mm -hmm. and want to work on things and have a vision and try to just get the experience. Um, Because a lot of what I've been able to do is because of the networking piece um, and meeting like-minded folks that really like to create and that are visionaries in their own certain areas. Uh, that's kind of helped me kind of meet this person that I know can help me with this. That's helped me meet, like, you know, get connected to you and then a bunch of other people. And then starting to, you know, it's getting involved and actually doing it because I never went to school for anything like this. Mm -hmm. Um, It just kind of snowballed into a lot of different opportunities, which... I'm really thankful for it and think is super cool, but um, well, I'd also it, say not to get too uh, bogged down if something doesn't work out. You just said it snowballed. Um, mm-hmm. To that effect, uh, it, so it didn't happen overnight. No. Any words to the people out there that are just frustrated that things aren't immediately happening for them? Um, it's just, well, especially right now, <laughs> um, it's a little bit more difficult to really do much of anything, but um, – I always – I'm pretty self-reflective, so it's like if something 
isn't working out or it's not what I want to see. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. I'd say don't waste your time bitching too much on like whether what someone else did or didn't do or you think like screwed things up for you because the only thing that you can control is like yourself and what you're going to Mm do. So I just try to think, well, this is not going the way that I really want it to go. And I think if it continues this way, I'm not going to be happy. So what can I do to try something different or what avenue haven't I tried? So there's always different roads to take, even if you think you're at a dead end. Um, Great advice. Great advice. So, Corinne, where can the people find you? Um, Well, my uh, Instagram is virtual Corinne Sanity. Um, because Jameer Quais. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love that name, by the way. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, my Instagram is just a lot of times uh, animals and food and things right now because <laughs> that's a lot of uh, the time I spend uh, is is doing those things. But um, especially with not too many events happening, um, and then I. I mean, Crinjoy, C-R-I-N-J-O-Y is my name and things on Facebook. And I post a lot of things publicly, especially when there are events and and stuff like that. What about um, if they need to or want to reach out to Exit Zero or Folklore? Where can they find that? Um, folklore uh, does – it's FolklorePR.com. I'm pretty sure. But you can also look them up, Folklore PR. Uh, that's their Instagram handle. Um, if you find pictures of like a, a burgundy owl, uh, that's their logo. So then you're in the right place. Okay. And then Exit Zero Entertainment is just on Instagram, no spaces or anything. Exit Zero Entertainment, same thing with Facebook. Um, Folklore is pretty active on the social media and things right now. Exit Zero, we just haven't because we've just decided that throwing any sort of events or even attempting to at this time, we just don't uh, – want to do that but we are actively uh discussing different things that we would like to do and see hopefully you know by summer so i'd have people follow that to keep updated okay well guys uh make sure you check her out cringejoy um one of the dopest ladies i know probably easily top 1000 ladies i've ever met <laughs> um, i mean that too from the bottom of my heart. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on, though. Sure. Thank uh, you for I had a great time. Me. Yeah. And, guys, check us out next week. I think it's Dave Speck Jr. Forgive me if I'm saying that name wrong. He is a forensic accountant and a man much smarter than myself. Uh, and if you get a chance, check out the Teespring store. We've got some dope designs in there, thanks to Brianna Woodward at Not A Damn Cheese. Uh, um, store link will be in the episode description. And that's all, folks. We'll see you next week. Peace and love. Awesome.